Hey, thanks for joining us here on The House Podcast. We hope that you are encouraged by this message. If you want to learn more about The House, check out our website at welcometothehouse.com or download The House app. Listen, listen. It has taken us a long time to get here, but you just wait to see where we're going. Because here's the deal. I I believe this. I I had a, a lady that mentored me. Her name was Hedy Lou Brooks, and... She would always say this, we are always going from glory to glory. And, and we would do summer camps, so I, I did summer camp for a long time. And she would, she would say, um, at the end of every summer, as great as this is and, as, and all God did, next summer is going to be better. She would always say that. At the end of every summer, she would always say, as great as this is, as awesome as it is, all the lives that have been changed, it's going to be greater next year. And so we always expected it to be greater. <laughs> and I'm telling you, every year, we're going to be greater. Not greater so that we're impressive. Come on, does that make sense? Yep. We're going to be greater in love. We're going to be greater in truth. We're going to be great. We're going to move forward and and here's the thing is uh we believe that many of you are a part of that and so you have heard me say this if you've been here for long don't give us a service give us a year anybody can go to any service anywhere and have a moment and an experience and i believe all of that is incredible it's like thirst in the desert. It's like water in the desert. It's, you know what I'm saying? But you can't live on those moments. Those moments are times of refreshing. They don't grow something. There's two different types. And so for you to see God do something, you've got to be here. Like you got to be present, you got to be here on the good days, on the bad days, when you feel good, when you feel bad. Come on, when, when you love the sermon and when, uh, you know what I'm saying, you wish Katie was speaking. You know what I'm saying, like, like, like it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter because here's the deal. What we're doing is we're not just sitting. Like that's not what we're doing. We're coming together, and the Bible says that open the scripture, sing the song, rally together. And then the idea of the church was to equip the saints, come on, for the work of the ministry. And that's what we are doing. And here's the deal. Our best day is not on Sunday. Now, I love Sunday because I get to see you looking all good. But we're doing stuff out the... All week long. All week long, if you drive over here, you will find nothing less than 13 cars. All week long, we're doing something. Because here's the deal. This is, it's a hospital for those that are hurting and broken, but it's also a catalyst for those that want to step into the calling of God on their life. And listen, I can't wait. I hope by the time I'm 65, God allows me to give 200 buses. You hear what I'm saying? And so we need you to not just come one time. We need you to give us a year. 
I want to say this over and over again. I'm going to say, you're never, no one's ever going to accuse me of being complicated. Uh, I'm pretty simple. And so I'm going to give you something simple, and then we're going to talk about it. God is light. Jesus is light. We unleash the light. Pretty simple. God is light. Jesus is light. We unleash the light. I'm going to say it one more time because you're processing. God is light. Jesus is light. And we unleash the light. I like the word unleash. Do you like the word unleash? It just sounds active. It doesn't sound passive. I don't know about you, but if you're ever walking with a park and a dog is unleashed, it gets real. Because you're like, friendly dog, bad dog, friendly dog, bad. Like all of these thoughts, it doesn't matter if you're a great dog lover. And you're like, ah, if Cujo is running towards you. Come on. Unleashed. Unleashed is not passive. And, and I do believe that God today would want to stir up our heart. He's not, he's not upset if you have a more passive personality. God made you the way that you are. But you can't have a passive faith. You have to have an intentional faith. And so I just, I just don't know anybody that told the story, you know, woke up, started a multi-million dollar business, didn't even mean to, just happened. Like that story's not there. Nobody says, you know what, I went for a little walk got married I was thinking slushy but then I got married like like you know and, and so we we have this culture that believes you find everything you find love I just haven't found love but it's crazy how we do that. We do that with things that are deep to us. But nobody says, I've just not found my degree. Like you, like you work for a degree, you make time for a degree, you learn and you get your degree, but you don't like walk around the campus of Fayetteville hoping that someone bestows on you degrees. My God, look at that man. I'm gonna, he needs a degree. <laughs> you don't find love. You develop it. I did a wedding yesterday and these two were right here. And I think sometimes when you say you found love, you diminish the choices that you made to get to the altar. And the, and the truth of the matter is you didn't find that. You're like, hey, Google. <laughs> Five foot two. <laughs> I mean, like, like, I don't think it does that. There were a thousand intentional decisions that got you somewhere. And so when we reduce love to finding, then it's no big deal when we lose it. But when we realize that we build everything, then we realize that we begin to make choices or not make choices, and every choice has a consequence. Okay. I don't think anybody, like, 
especially after 45, can I just tell you that I do a lot to make this look good. I do a lot. I do a lot. I don't do as much as how, but I do a lot. I ain't trying to get up at six, you know. I mean, but I walk. I used to, come on, can I just tell you? And I don't know anybody over 45 that eats four cases of Krispy Kremes. Come on. And is accused of working out. Because it's not passive. You hear what I'm saying? I'm not, it's not passive. And I think that if we think that we can have a passive relationship with God, then we come to church and we wait for God to do something in our life when we have an open heaven and God has done everything. And so now it is our responsibility to reach out and get truth and get love and get life because he's already given it to us. Does it make sense? I don't know anybody who's like, just walking today. Ended up on a vacation. Ireland's pretty cool. Like, there's nothing that we do that's passive. Then we would have to challenge ourselves. Why? Come on. Sometimes with our, with our relationship with God, are we passive? And it's not as intentional, come on, as we want it or need it to be. And my assignment today is unleash the light. Like, unleash it. And, and I just want to tell you over and over again, in the Bible, God is called light, and that is an intentional word. I'm going to give you a couple scripture verses. Every time we say, I read the word light, every time you see it, and I'm going to read it, let's all say it light together, because that'll be funner than you looking at me. All right, all right, here we go. Psalms chapter 27, verse 1. The Lord is my light. I feel like a choir guy, all right? And my salvation, okay? Some of you overachiever, you were like, I'm going to say two words. Okay, that was good. That was good. We're working it. Psalms chapter 119, verse 130. The unfolding of your words gives light. It imparts understanding to the simple. Thank you, Lord. Okay. Isaiah 60, verse 1. Your I know that was a faster one. You were like, I was expecting four words first. Okay. <laughs> Let's do it again. Your So good. Better than first. All right. Has come. The glory of the Lord shines upon you. This is actually a prophecy that Isaiah is foretelling the Messiah coming. Light. Look at, look at Isaiah chapter 60 verse 19. And the Lord shall be your light forever. Forever. God is light, and, and not only is he given the word light, but he's also given like these metaphors that have a lot of light and glowing. And I mean, I mean, here's the deal. It, it, bright clouds, a burning bush, a pillar of fire. All of these were signs of his presence. God is light. Jesus is light. We, come on, unleash the light. I want to, we're going to camp in Luke chapter 8. And let me, let me just talk to you real quick 
um, uh, because I, I feel like just in my time in prayer with the Lord, we need to get back and, and also we need to begin to give some culture because now everybody's coming back from COVID and people are, are shifting. And, and I just want to tell you, so the, the, the Bible verses are on the screen so that our church never feels insider. I do not want to have people finally come back to church and feel insecure or weird that they don't know and some Old Testament. Like I, I never want that. So I'm going to put the I'm going to put the Bible verses up on the screen so people can rock with us. Does that make sense? But for those that are believers, come on, somebody. The Bible is not inconvenient. So I want you to, come on, get a Bible, get an app. If you use a version or whatever, whatever you use, but we want to begin to take notes because here's the deal. God always gives you something now for later. And so if you believe that your life is on assignment and you believe that God is actually taking you somewhere, why would he not give you a thought today for a problem that you're going to run into tomorrow? And we want to be people that take notes. And I'm going to be honest. There have been countless times when I have sat and had coffee with someone. And I didn't have it all in my head. But I had it on my notes. And so I was able to pull it out and go, hey, this is from a guest speaker from 2017. That was a really good one. And I can pull that out. And I can share those concepts. And so I'm asking you. To write it down for you and to write it down for somebody else. But I believe that God is speaking and I believe that there is something that should be stirring. Come on, does that make sense? All right, is that good? It's good, it's good. All right, cool. We're just having a conversation. All right, Luke chapter 8 verse 16. And, and, and let's, let's look at this. No one, after lighting a lamp, covers it. No, nobody does that. I mean, I... I don't want to be overly practical today, but if you want to do what nobody does, like nobody lights a candle and covers it. People just don't do that. Just, just saying. Just saying that. No one puts it under their bed. I'm, you were probably weren't thinking what people do, what is kosher, but people don't light a candle and put it under their bed. They just don't do that. I'm just like, like what'd you do tonight? We all put candles under the bed kind of exciting like nobody does it like when you go meet that family for the first time they're not saying hey welcome to the family let's put candles under the bed because nobody does that okay nobody does that well you're not somebody nobody does that I just want to say that again nobody okay but they put it on a stand so that those who may enter can see the see the light those that may enter may see the light. For nothing is hidden that will not be made manifest, nor anything secret that will not be made known and come into the light. Okay, that sounds complicated. It's not complicated. Okay? God gives us the light to begin to illuminate areas in our heart, mind, and soul. This Bible is not talking about light. This you're like, it's actually talking about life. It's a metaphor for truth and love. When we allow truth into our life, then it begins to illuminate our soul. Does that make sense? Okay, so because 
If you know that, then the rest of this will make sense. Look at this. Take care then how you hear. Let's all say that word. It's not, I know, it's not light. Hear. Take care of the, how you hear. This is, you know, when we read the Bible, we run to things that um, identify or things that we like. You, 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 you may not know this, but we all run to words that we think are really cool words. And so, oh, light. But this is actually an equation, and it says that you can't have the light unless you hear. It's actually saying for the lot, there's this idea that nobody lights it and hides it, but to actually place it, but to have the light, you have to hear. Look at this, look at this. Here, for the one who has, woo! Anybody got the light? All right, cool, awesome. Uh, anybody got the light? You're like, stop smoking a long time ago. I don't, I, I don't have a light. Okay. All right, here we go. All right. Take care then how you, how you hear, how you hear. For the one who has, more will be given to him. Has what? Truth. Has what? Love. Has what? Light. In other words, when you're opening up yourself to the Lord and you begin to say, I want more light, you're going to get more. Come on, help me. Light. Yes, sir. From, we're given. But from the one who has not even what he thinks he has. That is a very awkward sentence. And I don't even teach English. So if I can identify it, that's an awkward sentence. For the one who even thinks he has it. How many of us feel like because we grew up in church, we think we have a revelation. But if we don't walk in that revelation, do we really have that revelation? Is, I would submit to you today, is there things that we can amen to that we don't do? Is there things that we agree with that now have to become a discipline in our life and not just a product of our tradition? Come on, does that make sense? Okay, so look at this. Even what he thinks he has will be taken away from him. Here's what that means. God is light, Jesus is light, we, we unleash the light. Okay? What is the light? The light is the revelation truth of who God is. Boom. Now, guess what? I have a responsibility to hear and let this thing grow and unleash it or contemplate it, hold it, don't feed it, and lose it. I can actually lose the revelation power of how awesome God is and not live in any victory even though I'm saved. Come on, you hear what I'm saying? How terrible would that be to enter into heaven because of his grace and mercy but never walk in things that illuminate my life that begin to bring my life into order? Come on, help me. Yeah. So let's talk about this. As we look at this, I want to give you three things that I believe will help you unleash the light in your own life. Three things, real quick, that I 
think will help you unleash the light in your own life. I'm going to give you all three, and then I'm going to come back and explain them. Is that okay? All right. First is you have to, come on online, you have to accept it. You have to accept that God wants to give you the light. You have to boost it, and then you have to create a place for it. That's what the test. You have to accept it, you have to boost it, and you have to create a place for it. Let's talk about it. Accept it. God does not want us living in darkness, confusion, or frustration. Yesterday, I told you, we, we did this wedding, and they, they, it was so great. It was such an awesome time, and, and they did the sand thing. You know what I'm saying? Where there were two different colors of sand, and they put it together. And it was a beautiful display of oneness. But here's what I want you to know is I believe that that is exactly how love and truth fit together. It's not like know the concepts of truth and then if you start doing that, we'll love you. It's intermingled. It's, it's sand. And it's like this beautiful picture of, of togetherness. And it's love and it's truth. Come on. All wrapped up and you can't dissect them all. That's why it's very dangerous when you have just a truth church or just a love church. Come on. Because a truth church will cripple people at the knees because it, they're not good enough. Just a love church will keep people or babies. And I don't know about you, but you can't, like if Trevor's almost 16, if this dude's still sitting on my lap, it's a very awkward picture for all of us. God did not call you to stay an infant, and God did not call you, come on, to be the moral policeman. He did call you. To grow in compassion and kindness and truth and clarity. Come on, does that make sense? Okay. So, accept it. Accept the fact that the church wrestles with accepting the fact that God loves them. Because we blow it. We think a thought. We do a deed. We stubbed that toe. We rode rage. Come on, somebody. Come on. We think terrible things about our boss. We, we think terrible things about our coworker. And we know our thoughts, and nobody else knows our thoughts. That's why we're down on ourselves all the time, because we know our thoughts. Come on, does that make sense? But you will never project the light... If you don't believe that on your darkest, nastiest, most terrible day, God loves you, he's for you, and before you can shine something, you have to accept something. Like that light's got to penetrate you before it penetrates anybody else. And so we're not even really asking what you think about it. We're just saying you need to accept it. Come on, is there any parents in the room? And their children are like, I would like to talk about phone usage. And I would like my screen time to go up. And I'm like, baby, you need to accept it. Because it ain't changing. Okay? Because I want you to do these things It's crazy. Like think. <laughs> Yo, come on. Hey. So, no, don't get mad at me. Don't get mad. So, all the young people are like. They don't like this church. All right. 
There are things that you just have to accept. God has always had this game plan of getting close to people and loving imperfect people. And he believed that his influence in their life would make the difference and would cause adjustment. He wasn't wanting you to make the difference. He was wanting to make the difference in you. And you just accept it. Listen, um, when you are feeling lonely, come on, it's Friday night, your plans fell through, you're frustrated over the fact that everybody's busy, you don't know what home to go to or who to hang out with, and it is okay to be frustrated that your plans didn't work out, but it's not okay as a believer to believe that you're alone. See, you've got to accept some things, and it's only when our plans don't work out that we really define what we believe. Come on, does that make sense? You know, when we're all in here, we're like, yes, amen, hallelujah, that's good, good stuff, we're hanky. <laughs> but it is when our plans do not work out that we find the depth of what we really believe, and I'm asking you to accept the fact, come on. That all you have to do is receive it. The biggest hurdle in a believer's life is accepting God's love. That he absolutely loves me. The Bible says that he will never leave you or forsake you. The Bible says that he knows the number of hairs on your head. Now, let me tell you what Google taught me. You may be saying, well, pastor, how many hairs do I have? You have a, you, before you die, you will have 100,000 hair. You will grow 100,000 hairs. That's a lot. That's a lot. On average, people, now if you work in a hair business, don't come for me. Okay, I don't know. That's why I study. But on average, it says that we lose 50 to 100 pieces of hair a day. And I know because I take a shower after my wife. And all hundred have been right there in the drain. Come on, somebody. Y'all could have amen that man. Y'all left me to drown right there. Th thank you so much. I have no idea what he's talking about. <laughs> I've never seen it. You're lying. I'm going to have an altar call for you men in a second. Y'all supposed to be my armor bearer. Y'all supposed to come protect. And y'all like, he's all alone. He's crazy. I'd have never said that. <laughs> So there are 7.6 billion people in the world. Now, I know that some of you are really great at math. But you go ahead and do 100,000 pieces of hair times 7.6 billion. That's a lot of gazillions. And God knows them all. Like, God's not like, dang it, I missed one. God's like, so when your hair falls out, it's not like he's counting them as they fall out. He knows the one that fell out was 331. Like, he knows you so well. Come on, somebody. And you've got to just accept 
that he loves you when you don't love yourself. You have to accept the fact that he loves you when other people are mad at you. You have to accept, y'all not hearing me today. You have to accept it because the life can't, light cannot go out of you unless you believe that God wants to shower you with it. Come on. Listen, the second thing we got to do is boost it. We got to boost it. In fact, John chapter 3, verse 30, and just for the sake of time, I don't, I don't have time to go there, but this is the transition of John the Baptist. And, and here's what John the Baptist, John the Baptist was blowing up. You know, this dude was preaching, he was baptizing people, people were coming to repentance. He was, he was a big deal. And he said, I have to decrease so that the one coming will increase, right? Okay. Now, now here's the thing is in no way am I comparing myself to John the Baptist because uh, he dressed way cooler than I do. Uh, it, it's sad. Um, but I have been in the last year and a half realizing that for the church to be pastored in a way that begins to meet all the needs, I have to decrease. And, and it's really weird because I, I started... We started this church, and all we wanted to do was hang out with people, love people, and connect with people, hear their story, talk, eat, eat a lot. Come on. Uh, Dawn's uh, husband, Mike, has been sending me all weekend uh, pictures of uh, pork butt and, um, and, and cooked beef, and, and, and I, I wrestled. I'm just going to, I wrestled. I wrestled with a little jealousy, a little excitement. I had to take it to the Lord. But, but I've realized for, for us to grow... For Stephen to come center stage, for Devin to, for Adam to, I've had to decrease so that their voice would increase. That's hard. Can I just, that's harder than it sounds. For you parents that have older kids, come on. And they take the car. And come on, you were in the controlling stage and they told you everything. And now they're going and you text them. And you're like, I thought I bought a phone that worked. So then it's, it's not, they're not texting me back. And you're realizing I'm having to decrease so that they can, come on, increase in their life. Here's the, the point. The, the point is that our flesh and our desires and who we are has to begin to decrease to allow more light and truth and love into our life so that we can step into all that God, come on, has for us. When you're on Instagram and Facebook, and I know it's so crazy when you're scrolling and you're on Instagram and Facebook and all of a sudden, an ad pops up, and you're like, we were just talking about that. Google knows. I'm just saying Google. And I just, I, you know, I remember we were talking about a trampoline. And all of a sudden, I get on Instagram, and there's a trampoline. And I just want to talk to some of y'all because some of y'all are like, it's God. That's Google. It's listening to you. Come on. All right, let's talk. I need you to know. That all of these advertisements that are popping up that are interesting you is not just random. Someone in a room is boosting it. Someone in a room is spending millions of dollars to boost that so it will pop up. Buy this tent. You know what I'm saying? Buy this thing. Do this. Here's what I'm saying. 
for us to be a light in our homes and in our culture, we are going to have to boost what we're receiving. Like it's our responsibility to boost it, to, to build it, not bury it. That's what the Bible says. Don't, we don't bury it. Come on, listen. We build it. In other words, we want to take this seed of revelation and we want to water it and grow it and let the Holy Spirit move on it. Come on. And so we do that by salvation and then baptism. Old things have passed away. We do that by being filled with the Holy Spirit and walking, come on, in power. These are all ways that we begin to boost the light. Unlike the sun. Now think about this. We have the sun that has its own energy source. And then we have the moon. And the moon does not light itself. But it is a reflection, you better stop, of the sun. And I know that you Googled this probably last night. We did it together. But on the brightest night of the moon, it is only between 3 and 12% reflection of the sun. But for it to get to 12%, it has to be in perfect alignment. Listen to what I'm saying. When we begin, last night at Pea Ridge, come on. The lights went out. My kids were like, what'd you do? I'm like, what'd you do? They're like, Dad, turn on the breaker. I'm like, hey, look outside. Everybody's breaker's off. They're like, what happened? <laughs> I don't know. A snake fried. I got this from a source. Come on. Ben Peter's mom. Ben, ben, Ben's on. He does, he does all the electricity. A snake got up and shorted out. I didn't even mean for that to happen. And y'all been letting the snake in. Listen to what I'm saying. When we have a light problem, we actually have a power problem. And there are little things that want to creep up. And here's the deal. God doesn't diminish the light, but the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And he is the snake, come on, that wants to remove your light and stifle your power so that you begin to move to trying church rather than seeing the Spirit of God move through your life. You hear what I'm saying? You got to boost it. You got to boost it for us. Are you reflecting? Are you spending time in the presence of God? Are you spending time reading? Are you journaling? Are, are, are you reflecting and unleashing the light? Or has your light gone cold because of hurt? Rejection? Maybe someone overcommitted and underdelivered, and that has stung you. And you don't feel that glow. You don't feel that life. You don't feel that hope. It's not that we don't have problems, but there's a joy that's greater. You understand what I'm saying? There's a hope that's greater. And we got to work to get in alignment if we're going to boost the light. The last thing is this, and Ben Young come up. Is that you've got to create a place. Listen to what I'm saying. We don't hide it under a bed. 
We don't hide it under a problem. We don't hide it under this. And I know you may be saying, you may be saying, Pastor, nobody hides it under a bed and nobody covers it. Okay? All I'm going to say is this. This was a, a metaphor. And I'm asking you, have you ever covered the light with your schedule? Have you ever covered the light with your problems? Have you ever covered the light being mad? Have you ever covered the light because you were hurt? Have you ever covered the If this is how church is, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm never going. And I'm not saying that all of that isn't real and all of that isn't painful. But what could someone do to you? That would stop the light. Because, listen, there is no light in money. There is no light in sex. There is no light. Listen to what I'm saying. There is no light. There is no light in fame and fortune and TikTok and dancing and what well, But there is light in the presence of God. That on your darkest night when things aren't going your way, it can be gloomy around you but not in you. And you're going to have to create a place for that light. Here's what we do with the light. We put it up so everyone can see. And so I'm asking you, dust off your light. Allow the Holy Spirit to light that wick and place it in your home. And stop. We need to stop wondering which mom or dad we're going to have today. The light's in the place. We're creating a place. My stability comes from the Lord. Come on. The maker of heaven and earth. Come on. Someone better help me. I find a place and I put it where it's supposed to be. And when I'm not enough, He accepts me. And I align myself and I boost. And I create an environment wherever I go that begins to bring light into the room. Not because I am good, I am nasty, but it is because I'm in reflection. Come on, somebody. Does that make sense? There's so many opportunities to create a place. In our little community in Pea Ridge, officer last night, Kevin Apple, was helping out Rogers PD. Died in the line of duty. His family, his whatever, but here, here, here's the thing. The, the, the reason that I'm saying this is because th there's got to be this mixture of truth and love all together because if not we will take our biblical knowledge and we will crush people with it or we will take our love and never hold anybody accountable but when it's together then here's the deal sympathy and empathy and compassion and I want to just talk to you real quick. As a believer, the Bible instructs us to move toward compassion. Our world wants to stop at empathy. Empathy says, I don't know what you feel, so I would love to feel what you feel. And I don't know if I can ever feel what you feel. So we're going uh, to theorize and we're going to 
talk about it. We're going to speak about it. We're going to mitigate. But people get frustrated because it's just a conversation and it doesn't ever go anywhere. Because I, I, I honestly, I don't need you to just feel my feelings. I need you to help me. Compassion is the help. It is empathy where there's feelings and then it's help. And the Bible says, if someone wants your shirt, you give it to them. If someone asks you to go a mile, you go two. In other words, compassion says, I got time for you. Help me. Where empathy just says, let me understand your pain. We always want to go to compassion. Because that's what the Bible... Jesus was moved countless times he was moved with compassion in other words he did something he died he did something he healed he did something he did something he did something and we do not want to be a church in this century that capitulates and never does anything come on we're not going to talk the right words we're going to insert ourselves into areas and we're going to change we're going to turn on the light. Is this help me? Is this help you? Come on. Church, we are praying for people. We believe that God still heals. Listen to what I'm saying. We believe that God still heals. We believe that God still moves. But you're going to have to make room in your life and unleash the power of the light of truth and love in your life. And I believe if we become a church that does this, we won't have to have, listen, a marketing strategy because the marketing strategy will be light. Like we show up and blow, hey, how do you do? And we're not drawing people unto ourselves, but we're drawing people unto him. And we're saying, listen, I got to tell you the story because look what he did in me. I got no stones for you. But here's the deal. If you'll go to him and we'll begin to correct some of these thinking habits, then you can have the same thing that everybody else has. And there's a bus out there waiting for you. Come on. Like, like this is the idea. It's not for the super gifted. It's for the faithful. Don't get it twisted. If you meet Adam and Courtney, you will know they have a lot of gifts. If you meet Devin and Sydney, you will learn that they have a lot of gifts. Does that make sense? If you meet Stephen, you will learn he has a lot of gifts. If you meet me and Kate, you will learn how did they get here. Like, like, but, but, but here's the deal. Listen to what I'm saying. God doesn't promote on gifts. He does not move on gifts. I accept the oil. I promote the kingdom. I boost it. And I create a place. And if you'll do that, I promise you, your whole life will change. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear how this message impacted you. Feel free to let us know on the Contact Us tab of the house website. We hope you have a great week.